Welcome, everybody, to the Tea Time with the Blade Crew. We got B for Bex, L for Laura, A for AJ, D for Donald, E for Elisa. Welcome, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Doing good. Excellent. Excellent. So, everybody, please, please follow us on our Facebook page at Tea Time with the Blade Crew. Please like and subscribe our page. We currently uh, post uh, some stories and some uh, jokes on there. So if you want to follow us, please give us a like. So guys, we are uh, now we're on, as you know, we're all on YouTube. We're on Apple. We're on Podbean. We're on Spotify. And this past week, we're growing our platform. So we just got onto iHeartRadio and we got on Stitcher. So we're, we're growing guys. We're going growing. So if you want to like, this is great. I mean, this is awesome. I mean, if somebody else has a different platform that you would like to suggest that we could look into we still got some more in the works so but we're, we're doing pretty good and uh stitcher actually approved this this morning so uh, got that so we'll just be we'll be on that and don't forget our youtube page just search our uh, for our show at uh, tea time with the blade crew if you need to reach us via email we got our email address set up hot and ready at the blade crew 2020 at gmail.com so if you're on uh, any of those platforms, please like and subscribe and share our show. Um, this way we grow. You know, our budget for our advertising is zero dollars. So the best uh, the best, best recommendation is word of mouth. And uh, yeah, I actually had somebody, uh, a coworker of another coworker come up to me. Hey, what's the name of your show? And told them the name of the show. So thank you for sharing uh, verbally on your show. And we had a few people this past week share their sh- uh, our show on their uh, Facebook page. So I want to say uh, thank you to uh, Crew Dog. Crew Dog uh, is a friend of mine, and uh, he posted it on his personal page. So, all right, guys, we got an interesting show today. I'm pretty uh, excited. Uh, we got some real uh, serious but very interesting topics today, and uh, Donald will be uh, discussing it a little later on. So, but uh, is everybody else doing well today? Lisa, Donald, Bax, Laura. We are great. I am. I'm great. doing great. I'm great. All right, good, good. All right, keep in mind, everybody, we're social distancing still, so we have everybody on Skype. And uh, so this past week, I got the dreaded text message. You're probably saying, what the heck am I talking about? Well, I was sitting out here in my backyard, and I got a text message from TikTok. And TikTok, and I'm saying to myself, I'm not on TikTok. And I'm thinking the worst at this point, somebody hacked or somebody, um, not hacked, but, you know, used my phone number to sign up my phone number for TikTok. So I went inside the house. And I said, anybody sign up for TikTok? Got crickets from my kids. And my wife was with me. I says, I, don't, I, says, I think somebody's using my number. Well, after a couple minutes later, my kids finally fessed up. And they said, yeah, daddy, um, I want to sign up for TikTok. So I signed up with your number on my uh on my iPad. I was like, oh, okay, well, cool. You know, I don't know much about it. So my kids decided to uh, sit there and uh, sits there with his, uh, with his sister, and he actually made his very first TikTok. It's only like 15 seconds, but I don't know. You guys ever heard of this particular TikTok? Mark the dump truck in the flesh. Here comes the cootie squad. We should shut up, Heather. Sorry, Heather. Look who's with her. Oh, my God. Dang, dang, diggity, dang, 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 diggity, dang, dang. You guys ever heard of that one before? No, that's cute, though. Yeah, it, it's cute. I mean, it, it's like no rehearsed whatsoever. That before you know it, I saw it pop up on the little TikTok feed because I downloaded it as well. And just being a you know a pretty uh, watching helicopter parent, making sure they're not doing anything wrong on it. And then I, I see this pop up. So then my kids come out. Like I think it was like the next day, they said, "Daddy, we got a proposition for you." And I was like, "Proposition? This is this is not good." He says. You got a chance to get back at us. I was like, what do you mean get back with you? Well, apparently I happened to see this particular TikTok, so I knew exactly what he's talking about. He he comes up with the idea. So basically, I don't know if you guys saw this video. So it's basically having the two kids sit outside in, in chairs. They have a parent off to the side and one parent holding a garden hose. And the one parent off to the side says, okay, which kid has the messiest room, for example? So I'm supposed to take the garden hose and squirt one or the other, or if they're both messy, both of them. So uh, he says, this is how you could get back at us. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm liking this. And then, this is the clincher. Then my kids decided, hmm, we're going to take it up a notch. We're going to use 
the reclaimed water hose to spray us. You know, the reclaimed water, the one that stinks with sulfur? <laughs> so, yeah. so they want to use reclaimed water to spray the heck out of them to do this TikTok video. Uh, I don't know if I'll go that far because uh, I don't know if they know where that water originally came from. <laughs> you know, sewer water that gets processed and it's like... Exactly. Yeah. You're going to get COVID-19. Don't do that. <laughs> I know. So this is what they want to do. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, maybe say it's... Re- no, then I can't say that because I don't have child protection services that knocking on my door. We're going to use regular water and just say it's regular water. But yeah, that's what they want to do. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, that's my... Interesting experience with TikTok. So, so Laura, what happened last week with uh, the Reddit guy? I know we're, we were talking about it last week and we wanted to find out what is going on this week. For those who are listening that have no idea what we were talking about, this is a great opportunity to hit pause and go listen to last week's show. So, Laura, what happened? So, immediately after our show, our podcast, I wanted to keep my word and I went back to Reddit and messaged the dude and I said, okay, I'm here. And he was like, oh, really? You're back? He's just so rude and sarcastic, especially if he wants to see me. But anyways, um, I was like, okay, so what do you want? And he's like, well, get on Skype and let me see you. And then I said, well, give me money first. And I said, I don't really trust you. Then he said, I have every reason not to trust you. And I'm, I said, why are you so rude if you want to see me? Then I asked him if he wanted to see me on Facebook because it's just easier for me on Messenger, and he said no. And then he was he told me I was the most difficult woman he's ever worked with. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess, I, you know, I hear that a lot. But <laughs> but then I was just like, okay, bye. And he's like, bye, you wasted my time. So that uh, was it. Yeah, th- there's something up, something fishy. What about you guys? Anybody else think that's real, yeah. kind of red flaggy? If that, that's even a terminology. Yeah, I said it. I called it. I called it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Well, Zach did call it. He did. What's the word you used, uh, Bax? Grooming? Yeah. No, I think I used grooming, but he was telling me that the guy's not going to give me money. He's just trying to reel me in. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, that's, that's right. a fact. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he's a fake. He probably only has like $10. Like, um, <laughs> I'm not going to trust that guy. <laughs> so I went over to somebody's house last week, speaking of like giving something, somebody money. Now, a lot of young kids these days don't, you know, deal with checks because everything's all instant, you know, debit cards, credit cards and PayPal, whatever else, uh, whatever tra- money transfer services. And this isn't a good like uh, alert for our young listeners. So I was uh, I went over to somebody's house and they were just telling me a story that uh, their daughter was like 15, 16 years old. She was um, uh, writing checks. I'm sorry, receiving checks from somebody that they knew in their family and they were giving them checks like every day for like five or six days straight and it turned out at the very end of the week it was nine hundred dollars so that what they were doing is giving this uh, girl that they that she thought she trusted give them a check for x amount of dollars then she deposited in her account and took out x amount of dollars for the same amount and gave the money to that person so not knowing the fact how checks work yeah, the money, some of the money may show up in the account, but the check still has a hold and has to be cleared by a certain amount of time. So by the end of the week, they were in the hole for nine hundred dollars, and um, and I just you know it's it's sad that some of these kids don't know you know how checks work because you know they they put a hold on on it and you're responsible for the money if it bounces and you know with the, and now you with all the late fees, not late fees, or the bounce check fees. It's crazy out there. But bottom line, you know, they knew who it was. Uh, it was actually a family friend, believe it or not. And they didn't want to press any charges. But yeah, I mean, I would have pressed charges right on their ass real fast because that's uh, decepting, you know, a child. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just messed up. But yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody uses, nobody really uses checks anymore, no, to be much. honest. So it's like a thing of the past. No offense to old people, but I feel like that's why children don't really understand how checks work. Like I know. we just use debit cards, credit cards, cash app, mm-hmm. Venmo. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's just kind of you know, uh, Elisa. You had any uh, you know stories with that kind of stuff? You know, what do you typically use? You're, you're the youngest one on the show. <laughs> I mean, I've used checks before. I know how they work. <laughs> if that's what you're asking. No, I'm not asking if you knew <laughs> you how. Know how they work. But I don't use them a lot because I usually just pay online or do my stuff online. So yeah. 
I don't really use them a lot, but I do know how they work. <laughs> they put a I hold honestly, on the account. I forgot what cash looks like, to be honest, because I haven't used cash in a really long time. It, it's green, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's green. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it was supposed to, you were supposed to get 600 of those uh, greens last week, but that guy jerked you around. <laughs> I know. Well, it would have been digital anyway, so. <laughs> well, right? Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, you oh, know what? going to be Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Yeah. I no, never used it. No, that. I just mean like PayPal or Cash App. You know, I wouldn't oh, have okay. like green cash in my hand. Okay, yeah, I just signed up for Apple Pay yesterday, so I just learned how to use that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. A lot of a lot of places are now, you know, doing touchless uh, contact to their uh, machines. Ever yeah, since the really. COVID thing, I mean, now Publix is now, you know, our grocery store locally. I think now they started like taking like Apple Pay or the touchless pay and all that stuff. So they got their machines all hooked up. So speaking of going out, I know, uh, so, you know, I follow you guys on Facebook as well. I, I seen that some of you guys are been going out to eat. Good for you. So. Laura, I think you, you posted something just the other day. You went to a restaurant. You posted something you were eating. Did you physically go to a restaurant or did you take out? No, we went to the restaurant because I told you guys I forgot what restaurants look like. So I wanted to go to a thing of the past, which is called a restaurant. <laughs> and I went with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I went in there and the lady was so shocked that we came in. She she didn't even like see us at first. We were like literally the only other person. <laughs> A group of people there wow and she finally turned around and she was like oh my god and she sat us down and she was like super excited because i guess they <laughs> haven't served people in a while it was really nice i loved it and she was just like so happy that we were there and kept refilling my sangria um cup it was wonderful what do you where do you end up going wow. uh this place called el puertos it's an ebor it's like an authentic argentinian and peruvian restaurant nice nice you know, it's funny, they only been closed for like two months and they're like, hey, what do we do now? <laughs> type, <laughs> type attitude. That's cool. No, that's good. Elisa, I saw you posted some uh, uh, food. Uh, quesadillas. Did you uh, make those at home? Because it looked pretty good. Yes, I did. I have a griddle and so I've been making everything and I made that for lunch and it was delicious. <laughs> that's That's good. Yeah, I haven't uh, personally gone out to eat yet. I think my wife wanted some Chinese food, so she was getting the Chinese food, um, you know, itch for it. So and it was okay. It just wasn't anything spectacular. But but uh, but when I've you got you have been going out the backs. What have you been doing? Uh, man, I, man, I went to the shrimp boat twice. I went to I went to Mister Mrs. Crabs. I stood in the line for like four hours on Mother's Day. Oh, God. oh my I God! Felt, I just felt like that line was full of Corona. Like <laughs> people, I feel like Mother's Day. Mothers don't want flowers down here. They want crabs, man. I'm telling you, they want crabs. The food crabs, right? Let's be clear about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the food crabs. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, moms, but you know, I just want to make sure we we're on the same page here. <laughs> Donald, what about you? you still uh, Ubering, uh, ordering food at the Uber Eats and all that? Absolutely. Do I still order? Yeah. Uh, like I like I said from the beginning of the coronavirus, I've been supporting restaurants, but I've been you know going out lately, and now I'm seeing where like there are two restaurants in where I live in the university area next door to each other, Longhorns and Miller's, and Miller's doesn't seem to have any social distancing. Mm. Like because it's, it was packed. It was packed. No tables. Longhorns. The way they set up is. There's a table, then there's an empty table, then there's another table. So when they get to their capacity, which is half of what it's supposed to be, and you're outside waiting, their wait times are extended up to an hour. Wow. So I was like, well, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't like today. I want to take my mom out, but I don't think that's going to happen because I'm not waiting an hour for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't already, I mean, because like you can't even sit down inside the restaurant. You wait. You can wait in your car or you can wait outside. And I don't want to do that. But, yeah, definitely I'm still ordering out. It makes me wonder how everything is going to pan out this summer when it's like, you know, 3 o'clock in the afternoon, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, when the sun is like 95 degrees. You know, personally, I don't want to be eating outside, sweating my uh, my uh, butt off, you know, eating my lunch or dinner or whatever. But I hope they keep social distancing and I hope they keep doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. If people have to wait in their car or wait at home, then so be it, because you'll get COVID-19 and probably die. <laughs> So summer camp, I know Laura's got some kids. I have kids and Bax has kids. 
what is going on with summer camp because uh, our county that we live in is not having any summer camp. But on the flip side of it, the um, the uh, uh, the governor last week says summer camps can open up. So I don't know what's going to happen at this point. But what do you guys plan on doing? It's not I mean, happening with me. Not yet. Not my kids. Absolutely not. No. I am worried about it um, as well because summer camp it's basically daycare but it's for the summer right i just want to make sure they have precautions in place i have not put my kids back in daycare but i'm still paying for this daycare which kind of sucks um to hold a place for my children but i'm kind of worried because nothing's changed and i know kids are gross no offense but they like wipe (laughs) their snot on their hands and they touch everything and you know they're little germ magnets Exactly. How are you? How is one teacher going to watch 30 kids and make sure that none of them wipe their nose and and touch other people? Exactly. So uh, I know we uh, we have some interesting topics today and, uh, you know, and we've been we've been sharing we've been sharing uh, interesting stories about ourselves. And I know uh, Donald, you know, wants to share something personal and dear, near dear to his heart and uh, and uh, I'm just let Donald you know, talk about it. But uh, Donald, what is going on with you? Hey, well, um, in the interest of full transparency, I am a cancer survivor twice. And the kind of cancer that I have is a kind of cancer that you shouldn't get twice, but I did. And it's called renal carcinoma. And what that is is cancer of the kidneys. And um, I lost both of my kidneys, so now I am on hemodialysis. And what that is, is three times a week, I go and get them hooked up to a machine. And I sit there for four hours and it takes all the blood out, filters and cleans out toxins and puts it back. If you don't go- uh, the, the importance of that is that you can't miss too many treatments because if you miss them, you essentially don't exist anymore. Um, but the place that I go to, the clinic that I do go to is very, very good clinic. It's a very good clinic. They really care for their patients. Um, they have a lot of standards, strict standards that they that they meet and require for their patients. Um, they monitor you weekly. They, you know, we we do blood work to make sure that um, our certain levels aren't too high or too low. Um, they monitor our diet. They also are very strict about your time. You get a report card every month. Um, you get a report card every month that tracks if you were early or late, how long you stayed, did you complete your treatment. Did you leave your treatment early or did you miss a treatment? If you miss a treatment, they call the police to find, if you miss a treatment and you don't call, they call the police and have the police sent out to your house to make sure that you're okay and to try to actually encourage you to come and get treatment. Um, so those things are, are very important. When you're when you're on dialysis, hemodialysis, and you're, especially if you're looking for a transplant, that report card is very important because it goes to the transplant coordinators and they, that helps them determine if you're serious about how you're going to treat your new kidney when you get it. So if they see that you miss treatments or that your blood work is significantly out of whack, um, they're gonna take that as a sign that if you get a, tr- a kidney, a vital organ, that you're not gonna take very good care of it. So those are just some of the things that, that we um, we have to pay attention to when, we, when we're going to our um, treatments. Um, it's been five years for me. Um, and in five years, I've never missed a treatment or short treatment. Um, it is very, very taxing on the body. Some days worse than others. Um, you can cramp real bad um, and they have to replace fluids. Um, you can also, like you can have heart palpitations. Your blood pressure can drop significantly. And when those things happen, if they are severe enough, they send you straight to the hospital and you go into the emergency room. So I've had all of those things happen at one time or another. But overall, yeah, but overall, it's been um, life-saving. And, and I tell you, it's been life-saving in more than one way. I am a, I'm a veteran, so I don't have to pay for that treatment. And that treatment is very expensive. So um, I, that's, that's one reason why I don't take it for granted and I don't miss it. Because I, I'm blessed to have, be able to have that treatment. A lot of people out there who have to pay for that treatment, and they, you know, they take it for granted. Uh, I've seen at least a dozen people um, just simply give up. They don't want to continue the treatment because it's so taxing on the body. They don't see any benefit in it, um, and it always hurts when you get off the machine. 
90% of the time, you get off the machine, you have to come home and take a nap. And a lot of people just, you know, they, they don't want to do that. We're just, I'm just thankful and blessed. And as long as I can do this until I get a kidney, I'm going to be right on it. So, um, wow. Lisa, I understand you know somebody that, that's sharing the same thing as I am. And we actually have her as a guest. Absolutely. We'll get her on the line there. Hello, Gabby. Can you hear us? How are you? I can. Good. How are you? Welcome to the Tea Time with the Blade crew. Just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing your story. So we have everybody on the line here, and we have Elisa. I guess you're uh, personal friends with her. Hello. Hi. All right. So just to give everyone a little background, this is Gabby, and she's been dealing with dialysis as well for a very long time, and she's very active in sharing information and getting people to know about organ donation and sharing that stuff, that type of information that many people don't know about. And so, Gabby, we just wanted you to come on and tell your story because I personally know it's very interesting and more people need to hear about it. So just tell us your story. All right. Well, thank you. Um, so I was born, um, they found out that I had a kink in my ureter. So only like one of my kidneys only forms partially. The other one never did. So they put a stent hoping that would help, but it did not. And so I was born, you know, with like minimal function. And so I went, I was able to live with that piece of my kidney until I was like two. And then at two, I went on hemodialysis for a little while. And then I switched to PD. My parents were doing it for me at home. And then when I was old enough, um, a month before my fifth birthday, I got my kidney from my dad. And it lasted me actually 18 years. Um, I took as good care of it as I could. And, you know, it was just old. And so, unfortunately, it failed back in 2015. So I've been back on dialysis since 2015. And I actually did the same transition. I did hemo for a while. And then now I'm doing um, PD by myself at home. And, unfortunately, because of my dad's... um, previous kidney that I had and it rejected that means I have a high antibody level or PRA so how that works from my understanding is it's from uh, a base out of 100 and 100% means you're pretty much immune to every kidney in the population so I'm at 99% now so it is extremely very hard for me to find a match um, from somebody that I can take their kidney. Um, part of the testing process is they mix my blood with uh, the um, possible donor's blood, sorry, <laughs> and they look for a reaction. And if there is a reaction, then I can't get it. So I would I react towards their antibodies. So that's why it's hard for me to find a match. Yeah. And you've been very active in sharing information on organ donation and. What are some things that people ask? And I follow you on Facebook, so I know they've been asking you all kinds of crazy stuff when it comes to kidney donation and stuff like that. So what are some of the things that you have to deal with that people ask you? I get asked some pretty weird things. And at first I used to, like, are you serious? But then I came to realize a lot of people that I've met don't even know that organ donation is a thing to be to believe it or not and so I've kind of like I'm like okay I take a step back and I you know I think about it first because not many people grew up having this experience like I've had so but I've gotten asked like um people want to donate all the time um they ask like I've gotten asked if it involves surgery I mean, I've got, I don't even know. I've got asked all kinds of things over the years, to be completely honest. Like, and now with with uh, people, you know, being aware of, um, uh, I mean, I personally know how to, you know, join the organizations uh, such as Give, Give Life. And I know like driver's yeah. license, you know, when you go to the DMV office, you know, that's one of the questions they ask you is, uh, you know, would you like to be an organ donor? And, and you know, I don't know the, the, the ratio of, you know, people, you know, do or don't, but is that a platform and what other avenues can people be aware to 
you know, know the cause, uh, the, 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 the cause behind it and all that stuff? Um, the driver's license is a big one, um, but you can also, there's living donation as well. So if people want to look into that, there's so many websites. I personally like the big ask because it kind of breaks it down because it is a big ask for us because, I mean, you're asking somebody for an organ. Mm-hmm. So that entails, you know, surgery, hospital stays, loss of income, things like that. So it is a very big ask, but... I've heard that from other donors that it's very rewarding. Now, with the when people donate, uh, you know, if, you know, I personally don't know how this all works, but does people have to be passed on, uh, or you could donate with, uh, you know, with your situation? Do you, does, do you need somebody that could donate if they're still alive, or do they have to be passed on and then donate for? Because I don't know how this all works, but it's very interesting. Um, so there's um, cadaver donors and living donors, living donors. So we have two kidneys, and so the kidney is actually a smart organ. So when a donor gives somebody a kidney um, that's living, the uh, donor's other kidney actually grows double its size to make two work for two kidneys. Gotcha. And it actually works vice versa, too. Um, for experience, uh, when I got my dad, I was a child, and his kidney was so big because he was an adult. So when they first put it in me, I was going to the bathroom constantly. And then about maybe a month or two after the transplant, um, it like shrunk down to my size. So it does that as well. And um, so what they do for testing is it's first a blood test. Um, you would, what they do is you can either go into um, whatever hospital like I'm registered at and get your blood drawn there and they'll test it there. Or if you're out of state, out of the city whatever they will send you like a little kit and it has tubes and you can take it to quest or lab core or any one of uh if you know of any other labs and they should be able to draw it for you and um it's actually covered by my insurance the blood test is usually covered by my insurance and then all the testing and the surgery and hospital stay and whatever else comes after like your appointments for i think a few months are all covered under my insurance if you are a donor and we are matching, the surgery goes through. Really? That's interesting. So basically, if I was a match and I want to donate my kidneys, your insurance will pay for, like, my care or my, you know, medical and all that stuff related to your, uh, to the donation. Is that correct? Right. Even up to, like, I think three months afterwards, because after you donate, you're going to need to see an nephrology to make sure you're doing okay. Very, very interesting. I did not know that. You know what? Not a lot of people may not know that. So that's. Yeah, it's very, that's very important. Um, like I'm looking for a kidney now, but I had to go five years of cancer surveillance before I was cleared to be active on the transplant list. And what that meant was I had to go five years without having any symptoms of cancer or any, uh, any kind of cancerous tumors or anything in my body. And I just cleared it January of this year. So, um, yeah, it's really important. Um, but, yeah, when you, if you're a donor, whoever, whoever is paying for our treatment pays for you to have the, um, the surgery and, and all of that. And the living donor is a primary and preferred uh, method of transplantation um, because, the, like she said, the, the kidney is smart, it's fresh, and it's active versus, you know, a cadaver or, or a kidney that's deceased. And, and they have levels of, of the type of kidneys that they want. Yeah, absolutely. That's something I definitely learned. I mean, we learn a lot of new stuff on the show. This is amazing. So I personally I know did, that. I did want to ask, Gab, you've been to Washington about this issue. What have you done there when you've done traveling and talked about this type of stuff? So I'm an ambassador with AAKP. They're the American Association of Kidney Patients. Um, they're a nonprofit, and they're all pretty much everybody that is with the organization has somebody like a family or somebody dealing with kidney issues. So what we do is we go out there and we talk to Congress and we advocate because what I, I didn't know this until recently when I went to Washington the first time, but there's been no update in kidney care since like the 1960s. And it's ridiculous because like, for example, our um, medications that we need are anti-rejection 
they're only covered for three years post-transplant or three months, one of, one of those. I think it's three years, I'm sorry. And so, I mean, it's, and they're very expensive. So what we were trying to advocate for the couple of times that I went is to try and get um, a bill of so that we can get our um, medications covered for our life of transplant because why would you spend thousands of dollars on a surgery for a new organ and then you can't take your medications and it's sad because a lot of patients can't afford their medications so they either cut their doses in half or they stop taking them which ultimately leads back to dialysis right wow now donald and uh um, you may know this as well now you get a new kidney do you need a revise or how long does a kidney last can it last the rest of your life uh, if it's proper cared i mean what, what's the lifespan of a kidney when you get a transplant planted? About 20 years. About 20 years. And then at that point, you got to be yeah. put on the list again. And um, Well, it, it varies, but yeah, between 20 and 25 years is what, what I understand it to be. Mm-hmm. Now, um, there are, of course, there are exceptions. Like I've had some people who had one transplant and never had another. But I know a guy personally that's had five, five transplants. And here's, a, here's something very interesting that nobody probably knew. When you get a kidney and you have to get another kidney, they don't take that transplanted kidney out. You keep that. So this guy literally has five dead kidneys in his body. Wow. Right. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, that's amazing. So yeah, How is that yeah. possible? Like they're um, just floating they around in his body? Well, just like no, David said, the kidneys are smart kidneys and they're dead. And because there's no actual yeah. use for them, they don't take them out because that person that needs that kidney, it might have some some kind of um, recessive functioning in it. So they don't, they keep it. But you know, they, they probably cut it, make it smaller, but he, he's a big guy, but he has five kidneys in him. The way my doctor explained it to me is that because they're like basically dead, they're fossilizing mm-hmm. your body and it's more work to take them out than to put them in, and it's also more harmful to take them out. Mm, gotcha. Absolutely. And now, what kind of lifestyle changes do you uh, are you doing currently? And then after you get new kidneys, what type of lifestyle changes do you? You know, obviously, you know, I don't think smoking helps or anything like that. But you know, stuff like that. What you know, eating. What do you have to change? You know, obviously, you can't go back. To, you know, being careless. But what what do you need to do? Well. For me, Go ahead, Gabby. I, I honestly haven't even been swimming in like five, six years because we can't really swim. It's difficult to even shower or to get our sites wet. Um, from what I heard about, uh, I'm sorry, Donald, is that correct? Yeah, Donald. Yeah. He, he sounds like he's on hemo, so I'm on PD. And so um, I have to do mine every, every night of the week, and he only does his about three times a week. And the difference between that is, he was saying, I heard that you have to come home and nap after hemo. And it's, I call, I tell people it's like the vampire machine. It literally sucks all the blood out of you. It cleans it and then it puts it back in. And I mean, that's just exhausting them. enough as it is. And so I'm on PD and mine is a little bit less exhausting. I do mine um, throughout the night. It's nine hours. And mine, I hook up, like I said, every night. And it, instead of my blood, it works with my peritoneum. So it, like, flushes sugar water through my body to clean it out. And um, and then it drains into the toilet. Um, yeah. Are you sleeping during this time, or do you have to stay awake and during the process? No, I'm sleeping. It goes oh, quicker when, um, when yeah, I'm sleeping. sleeping. It's just kind of a pain because I, I'm, like, on a, like, I call it my leash. I can't really go anywhere besides like my bathroom and out, right outside my bedroom door. Oh no! And you can't unhook. Um, like if I need to go to the bathroom or something, I can't unhook. I just have to go and bring my machine with. Me. Is there like a certain diet? Oh yeah, yeah. we're gonna get to that. <laughs> There's most definitely a certain diet. Yeah, that uh, that is another lifestyle thing that I. It's not fun, but we do. We can get get away with a little bit because we have these. Uh, pills are called uh, binders and what they do is they work like a sponge and they absorb phosphorus like when we eat bad foods like we can't have dairy nuts chocolate um anything like processed basically like anything with additives it's extremely crazy so it kind of keeps you healthy 
that's yeah. a that's a operative word. That's a perspective word because a lot of people cheat. A lot. Yeah. Do they drink Uncle Tito's? Uh, they're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody that does that. No, we don't. No. No, we don't know anyone. But, yeah, but yeah, you have to like. So imagine, imagine being a guy or person that eats spaghetti, uh, pizza, and then after uh, after you go through this process, you can't eat tomatoes like tomatoes because of the acidity. Like we don't drink grapefruit. You can't eat tomato. You're not tomato-based products so, or cheese. So that eliminates and spaghetti unless you take those binders. And those binders, um, the ones that I take right now, they're pretty huge, and I have to take a bunch of them. But I'm getting ready to change. But those binders help a lot with phosphorus. Like I'm not supposed to drink Coca-Cola or no, no, you know, anything. Like you're supposed to check the um, ingredient content of almost everything you eat. The big word is phosphorus. Anything that has phosphorus or phosphates, it's a no-no. Wow. So like she was saying, like Gabby was saying, no processed meats, um, no 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 canned foods at all, um, anything that has those type of preservatives in them, like like vegetables, we have to be fresh or frozen fresh, uh, things like that. Um, only certain types of fruit. Um, and then there's a, there's a fruit, a star fruit, that we can't eat at all because it'll kill us. Oh, the star fruit that looks like it's that yellow thing, but it looks like a star. It's like really. That's correct. Wow. Wait, it'll it'll kill you. Why the acidity? Um, I have never found that. Well, I actually looked it up, but I forgot. But I know I've never tried it. Oh, I I hope a lot of people know that. That seems like a random fact. That that's that's kidney one hundred and one. They tell oh, you that okay. straight away. Yeah, if you if you're okay. going to dialysis, peritoneal or hemodialysis, that's the first thing they tell you. Don't eat the star fruit. Wow. Like they tell you, that's like kidney 101. Yeah, I would expect them to tell you that, yeah. I mean, what about uh, sugary stuff? I mean, I mentioned I had gastric bypass, and I got to watch the sugar intake. What about sugar for you guys? Is this something you got to watch as well, or is it a little more lenient? Um, that? We, can't, we can't have, like, chocolate, but, like, I can have vanilla cake with, like, vanilla icing. Or, um, like, Rice Krispies are very good. They're very low in phosphorus. Um Trying to think of what else, but nothing with like dairy in it. Okay, no, right. no ice cream. Or, you know, now, believe it or not, yeah, no ice cream. They let us eat like Skittles, believe it, <laughs> concentrated yeah. sugar. Yeah. And uh, Starburst. Those things are actually on the list. You can have those. Like that's one of the first things um, a friend of mine got when he when he had his first kidney episode. He wanted some Starburst, so we gave him Starburst. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so like um, it's just. It's crazy. It's a it's a lifestyle change. It's a big lifestyle change. Um, another thing that I know for me, I my fluid intake is confined to thirty two ounces a day. Really, thirty two ounces a day, no matter yeah. your choice of uh, beverage. No, no, that's not my choice. No, that's no, not my choice. That's that. Oh no, there's a, there's only certain things you can drink. That's what I'm getting like at. Water, cranberry juice. You can't like I said. You can't drink Coke, Pepsi. Uh, products like that, like there, if you're going to drink a soda, you can drink cream soda, uh, root beer, um, and then they have a list of soda brands that you can drink that are, that have less phosphorus than others. So, like, I can have a Fanta orange, but not a Sunkiss orange. Some, you know, just crazy things like that. Um, you can't have any, Yeah, you can't have any kind of red sodas, and I'm mm-hmm. literally drinking one right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> so, and what about for you, Gabby? Another lifestyle change is it's just physically and mentally exhausting no matter what dialysis you're on. Like, Absolutely. I did not I did not handle um, chemo at all. I came home. I was sick all the time. I couldn't eat. I was depressed. I could not go anywhere. And it was, just, it was horrible. Like, I was in the worst state I've ever seen myself in. And then my doctor, about like six months in the hemo, said that I can get checked to do PD because I was told when I was younger I wasn't going to be able to do PD again because they said I would have too much scar tissue. Um, but I don't know what happened or how it happened, but they were able to get a catheter in. And I've been doing successful PD for maybe three years now, not even maybe four and a half because I was only on hemo for six months. So I've been really like thriving on PD because I'm able I um I'm able to 
do a little bit more than I would be if I was on Hemo. So I have a part-time job and I'm also in school, so I'm able to do that. But those are tiring as well. Like I, I find it harder to push myself sometimes with having a lot Absolutely. <laughs> on my plate. You know, Donald mentioned a number of times, like, oh, yeah, it, 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 exactly what you mentioned. It sucks the life out of you, and you're tired. And, you know, and, and, I mean, this, this is just like, this is a learning new educational to me, you know, between Donald and yourself. I mean, I learned a lot more today. But, yeah, I, I, I didn't know it, that really sucked the life out of you. And working-wise, you know, Donald has to look for an evening job, you know, because as Donald said, what do you say, Donald, that uh, dialysis takes care of dialysis, you? Dialysis is my daytime job. That's what it um, is. The first eight months that I was on dialysis, um, I think Gabby just touched on it, was the worst that I've ever been in my life. It's, I've, I've never been a guy that gets depressed, but those first eight months, I was as depressed as a, as a person can ever be. Um, my, Because I was so afraid to eat, I, literally, I can tell you my exact diet. I ate lettuce, apple cider vinegar. Oh. That's what I ate, lettuce and apple cider vinegar, and I drank water for eight months. And um, my test, my test results were coming back so bad that the doctor finally said, "Listen, I, I don't know what you're eating, but you need to eat something. I don't care what you eat. You can eat whatever you want. You can eat a banana, which is high in potassium. You can eat whatever you want, but whatever you're eating right now is not enough. So uh, you know, it it takes a quite a long time. And even today, like there are times, seasons where I have phases where I do not." feel like going to dialysis and I do not feel like doing anything when I leave dialysis. So you, it's just very difficult. Are you uh, able to like take yourself there and back or do you have to get somebody because you're so drained that you can't drive home or how does that work for you guys? Um, I had my dad uh, take and pick me up. I could not do it. Yeah, and it depends for me. It depends on how I feel when I get up. And um, like we have it now, we're lucky enough that we have two vehicles. So if I get sick at dialysis, I call my wife and, and she come comes to get me. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's interesting. Now, it, it, the shocking thing I you guys mentioned is that 32 ounces of fluid. So you yeah, basically, you get, what happens if you drink more than that? Do you get sick or do your kidneys can't handle? I, I don't know. I'm learning to. I'm learning as we speak. So what happens? So because he's on hemo, he will. I'm assuming. I don't know. He might not urinate. So that's why they do the 32 ounces. When you have no kidneys, you don't urinate. And for me, since I do my dialysis every night, I don't really have a fluid restriction because I choose between, like, how much fluid I take off. Um, that His nurses or PCTs at the dialysis center will determine by his weight how much fluid he needs to take off um, based on how much he drank when he wasn't on dialysis. Like, if his schedule is, say, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it's based on what he drank over the weekend and then the days that he wasn't at dialysis still. You come in and weigh, and they'll check your ankles because um, you'll usually swell if you have extra fluid on you. Interesting. So you basically got to watch your uh, ounces, and you can't, you know, because during the summer months, you know, you want to work outside or plant something in your garden or mow your lawn. I mean, you got to watch because people tend to have a tendency, and I drink it like a gallon of water a day, or I used to. But, yeah, I mean, you right. got to watch. Wow, that's definitely something that takes over your life, absolutely. Yeah, so. really. And literally well. every thing counts like if you have a popsicle that counts if you eat ice that counts wow like and Everything you have to counts. like soup. you actually have to soup think about it as a liquid wow. watermelon counts right. as a liquid oh wow right. even watermelon yeah. yeah didn't even think yeah. about that yeah the water Jello counts as a liquid and like she said because i don't have any kidneys i don't urinate so every every bit of fluid counts as something wow and like uh, what she was explaining about the weight you start with something called a dry weight, which is your absolute zero, which is all you have is your blood, is your fluid. And they take that measurement and you leave, go home, and whatever fluid you take in counts. And then when they go back, they weigh you. And whatever fluid you tacked on, they have to take off. And sometimes your body can't take it, and that leads to cramping, severe cramping, and um, you know a dramatic decrease in blood pressure. Oh, yeah, or decrease, um, either one. Yeah, decrease, yeah, pressure, absolutely. I, I yeah. hate blood pressure. Blood pressure is so touchy. Now, what, now you were uh, saying, what are some myths that people say to you, you know, about kidney donation or organ donation? What, what myths yeah, have you heard? <laughs> I, love, I have this friend, and I love her dearly, but when I asked her to donate to me, she said, why would you want this for me? And I said, 
I don't, what do you mean? And she, go, she, she honest to God thought that she would have to go on dialysis by giving me a kidney. And oh, wow. that is like 110% not true. So, and it, I can't believe that she even said that to me because I've literally known her my entire life. And so for, I, I was shocked. <laughs> um, so, but then, like I said, I thought about it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess other people may think that. So that's a big myth. Um, a big myth is that, uh, like, you will have to go on the transplant list eventually no matter what. That's not true. It's not not everybody. Um, but if you do, this is an interesting fact. If you do end up, say, donating kidney and later on in life you do need a kidney, you actually go to the top of the list and you get priority. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's a good thing that how, people may how, not know. How yeah. far are we from, like, stem cells and things of that nature when it comes to like kidneys I know they they working on a lot of things in like different labs where they can grow like ears and fingers and things like that I actually met a doctor one day when I was uh, driving Uber and he I think it's like BioCell or something like that he works for a company where they actually like grow um, like ears and things like that it was actually on the news one day too uh, how far are we when it comes to stem cells when it comes to like kidneys and things of that nature Personally, um, I don't know much about stem cells, but one of my favorite subjects to advocate for is the um, artificial kidney. When I went to mm-hmm. Washington, I they put together a team in Washington, and we all go and um, you know talk to Congress. And one of the doctors on my team, two of the doctors on my team, um, were for Vanderbilt Vander, uh, Vanderbilt University in Tennessee, and they're actually working on the artificial kidney. And he was explaining the process to me. And there, um, I believe that week he had just met with the uh, CDC or DEA, one of those, to talk about. But he's still lacking the funding to go ahead and do trials. So that's the problem. But I really think that the artificial kidney is going to come first. Or maybe stem cells might, I don't know. But I think the artificial kidney would be so awesome if we can get that going in probably like the next 10 years. Because then we would yeah, the need no dialysis. Is, um, the artificial kidney, the the um the first clinical trials are completed, and I know that they were saying this year they were supposed to be starting human trial. Um, they're still a bit ways away from the stem cell research. Okay. Another myth is um like when people go to do their driver's license is one of the questions that they have to ask is um, I do you want to be an organ donor? And you people don't know, they believe that when you go and say you get into an accident, they think that the nurses, doctors, and the hospital staff looks at your driver's license or pulls you up in the computer and it says, oh, you're an organ donor and that they won't work to save your life. And that's not the case. They will, they, all doctors and all nurses, everybody does all they can for everybody until literally the last second. And it, that's not a standard that they would hold themselves to. They want to try and give everybody a chance at life. Um, so Yeah, because they got a job to do. Their, their job is to save your life. They're not going to run out to your wallet and say, hey, you're an organ donor. You know, let, let you pass on. You know, uh, right. That's their job. That's their job. And you know what? It's a liability, too. You know, if, they, if that family find out that you let them die because they're an organ donor, I mean, that's a... You know, liability issue right there. So, and what other myths have you ever heard? Other myths? Um, because I heard of one oh, about yeah. age. Oh, too old. Yeah. Um, you're never too old to be an organ donor. Everybody can donate. I mean, I like to say you can't, you can't use them because you're not here. So you might as well, you know give them to people who need them and especially I mean I think it honestly makes the person live on yeah yep yeah in a way you know if you donate tissue or eyes yeah I mean you know yeah definitely live on that's how I would now now I look at it says hey you know my mother donated her eyes to Elisa and part of my mom is living through Elisa's eyes you know definitely I want to ask for anyone that doesn't know, what lifestyle change, if there is any, for someone that is a donor, is there a lifestyle change that they have to adhere to? Good question. 
So I know one of the things that they make you do when you're wanting to be a donor is like a psych consult because they want to make sure you're in the right mind and, you know, you're not being persuaded to do this, stuff like that. And they also say that after transplant, it kind of takes a toll on your body because, or mentally, because you're giving away a piece of yourself, literally. And so sometimes people may go like a de- through a depression stage the first couple months where they feel like they regret it or, you know, they go through a depression, but it's just something we have to work through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's obviously that's for a living donation. Obviously, if you're passed on, you're passed on. But, yeah, that's, right. you know, is there a lot of medical care for your lifetime or people just recover and carry on with their life like, like always? So my dad, when he gave me um, his kidney, he's perfectly healthy. He has one and... Um, there's a, a measure that they do called creatinine on your kidney, and his is, like, amazing. And he's 58 years old. He donated his kidney to me, um, and he was in his early 30s. He's doing great. He's functioning great. The only thing that they say is instead of, say, Excedrin, or um, I think you can only take Tylenol because they don't want to put extra, um, uh, you know, on your liver. Okay, so they tell you to just take Tylenol. Gotcha. So that's about it. And yeah. is the driver's license the most common way for somebody to sign up, or is there other avenues to sign up for organ donation if they pass on? There are other ways. You can call your local hospital. Um, well, sorry, I was talking about living. But uh, other ways, you can driver's license. And then there's a couple of websites. I'm, I can't think of it at the top of my head. But you can go register there as well. And actually, in your iPhone, you know how they have that um, emergency app right. or medical app? Uh, you can do it through there. That there. Sorry, I it took me a while to think of that, but yeah, you can actually sign up there. Mm, absolutely, that's where, yeah, that's where awesome. you put all your medical information. I actually think that's cool because so in case anything ever happens, you have that on file, and they can open your yeah, phone. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to propose something to at least to uh, Donald and Gabby. That um, you know, I definitely going to be definitely change. Definitely woke up woke me up um, and, and, I, and I'm going to say it on air that I do want to become a uh, organ donator when I uh, do pass on and I do know for a fact I checked it uh, I did check my sources that if you go down to the DMV office and if for whatever reason you know you don't like your picture on your driver's license and you want to replace it at no charge and you want to become an organ donator go ahead down to the DMV office they'll actually replace your driver's license at no charge if you're not making any changes such as your uh, address or your um, uh, name or something like that. Only to add your designation to your driver's license to become an organ donator. And they'll take a new picture for you and you walk out with a new driver's license. I don't think there's any service fees involved uh, in, uh, involved with it. Um, I know they charge like in Hillsborough County $6.25. But uh, I think it's at no charge. I got to double check uh, my sources on that. But either way, for six twenty five, a new picture, a new driver's license. And also, you know, Donald, for you as well. You know, I don't know if you uh, submitted your veteran paperwork. You know, they could do that at no charge. I know that for a fact. They don't do any, you know, to charge you for your driver's license. So if you want the veteran designation on your license, that can be done as well. I know it's a little bit off topic, but we're just talking about about driver's license here. But what I'm going to do this week, I got to go to the DMV office and um, I will uh, uh, change my driver's license and get a new picture done. And I will show you guys possibly next week or the week after on the show that I got my uh, designation on my license for you guys. Perfect. Thank I'm you for being on and sharing your story. Yes. Yeah, thank oh, you so thank much, Gary, for the excellent information and the insight and for like giving your personal testimony. We yeah. appreciate all oh, the information. It was awesome. I learned some new things. I also would like to be able to get in touch with you later about the uh, organization that you're with. Um, yeah. So that I can be a part of that because I'm a part of the uh, National Kidney Foundation, but that organization you with sounds like they're really active in um, kidney health. And I, I want to become a part of that if I can. Yes, we're uh, always going to Washington, and we're always, you know, advocating. So it's a lot of fun. Is that the awesome. last thing you've done up there? Was to go up to Washington to uh, about uh, getting lifetime coverage of medication? Is that the last project you've been working up with your organization? Yes, and I believe when I was there, they were going to bring it to the floor and get a vote on it. Good. I'm not sure where it's at at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping it'll go through. So it was pretty cool to go around and um, share my story. I, I got to go twice, and my dad and my mom both went me went with me each time since they've been through me with me through this. So that was really nice. And 
it's just crazy because we're talking about it and the dialysis machines have not changed. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being on our show and sharing your story. Yes, and Donald, thank, thank you. you for opening up your world thank as well. You. And uh, I know you're staying on the show with us. So, <laughs> But yes, uh, Gabby, thank you very much. I, I learned a All lot right. and I will follow up with uh, my driver's license on a future show that I got became an organ donator. And, uh, and thank you again. I learned a lot. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. All Have right. a good day. Thank you, Gabby. Take care. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Wow, no, that's definitely uh, learned a lot, and uh, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, th th those myths. You know, I, I found a website while she was talking, and there's a lot of myths out there that people just, oh, yeah. you know, change up and you know say, oh, they're not going to save me, or, or uh, you know, dial. I didn't know about the dialysis part. You know, people have that kind of question, and you know, there's, you know, do your research, folks. You know, there's so many people that just jump to the gun, and I mean, if you're dead, you're dead. You know, it's. You know, if you could help one other person, you know, then you're living on to that person. I had no ideas your uh, your kidneys were smart organs. That kind of blew my mind. That's pretty impressive. Your kidneys can shrink and grow yeah, depending on your body. Pretty yeah. interesting. That's cool. Yeah, they are. They are they're smart organs um, because they um, like might be the second most important organ in your body beside the brain and the heart. Uh, well, now that, that makes it the third most. <laughs> but, but yeah, without them, um, without them, your liver and lungs become the um, centers of filtering out toxins, and they have a lot to do with the blood. So yeah, they they have to be smart and adjust, and they're not as easy to replace as like other organs. Right. But uh, yeah, so without mine, I, I don't I don't urinate. That's how important they are. Yeah, I, I just heard that. Wow. You might want might want to leave this in. You might want to edit it out. But I haven't urinated in over five years. Wow, really? Yeah. yeah. You, he can't. Yeah. And that blew my mind because I never realized that. I just never thought of that. So basically, when you go get dialysis, that you, is that, your, your bathroom time. Right. <laughs> your bathroom You're time. You're urinating right then. That your four-hour or five-hour or six-hour urinating. Jeez. <laughs> Reminds yeah, me of the Adam Sandler uh, skit, uh, the, the longest pee. <laughs> wow. Well, here's, a, here's another interesting thing. And my, my, my physician told me this, that when you get the transplant, you actually urinate on the operating table. Okay. Oh, wow. Hmm. Yeah. As, soon as, the, as soon as you put the new kidney in, you start peeing. And then when you're in recovery... They want you to do, like you have to go from 32 ounces a day to they want you to drink two gallons a day. Wow! Because you, you wow. Know, your body has your body has so much. Because here's another thing: dialysis only does 35 percent of what your functioning kidneys would do as far as filtering out toxins. So a lot of toxins still remain. Yeah, I would, I would assume so. Okay, so your kidneys uh, clean out more toxins than dialysis does. Yeah. Okay. Uh, about a three to one margin. Wow. wow. I just can't believe about the home medication. Like, seriously, you have to cover that for the rest of your life? Like, that's crazy that yeah, they can't so cover that for you. There are, um, you have to take the anti-rejection medication for the rest of your life. And according to my doctor, if you miss a dose, you are by proxy giving up that kidney. You're, that kidney is going to fail. Like you can't miss yeah. a dose, yeah, right. and they they encourage the medication you. that important. You'd think right. we would want to cover that financially for whoever. Oh yeah, has absolutely. That. Like, it's crazy that they don't cover that financially. Well, it's extremely expensive. <laughs> I know, and that's you know why it should that's be. That's why it should be. We think so, but uh. it's just crazy. Hey Donald, so when you go with any transplant, that's I know. I don't anti-rejection medicine. Yeah, with any transplant. Probably, yeah, I would think that yeah, with any organ transplant, yeah, you have to take anti-rejection medicine. Yeah. yeah. That's absolutely true. Wow. And I've read that sometimes the, the side effects from anti-rejection medicines can be like crazier. No, they have a medicine for you to take to prevent that. That's oh, why yeah. you take both oh, those medicines good. in conjunction. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. Now, one last question, Donna. When you go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to uh, dialysis, you know, uh, you you got to stick to that schedule no matter what. It's not like it's Christmas Day on a Wednesday. You're going to dialysis on the 25th of December on a Wednesday. Is that accurate? That's almost accurate, not quite. There are two holidays that they let you have, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those okay. two holidays, they adjust the schedule. 
every other holiday, like Memorial Day coming up, right. it's not a holiday for me. I'll be in dialysis. Right. Fourth of July, I'll be in dialysis. New Year's, I'll be in dialysis. My birthday, I'll be in dialysis, unless it falls on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and does and does it? Uh, do they re- rearrange your schedule since since like Christmas fell on a, on a uh, Wednesday? Do you have to if go? Christmas on? falls on Wednesday. I have to go Monday. Well, how would it, if it, Christmas falls on Wednesday? I have to go Sunday, Tuesday, Friday. Gotcha. Okay, so, so you got to make it like up. That. Yeah, they they they, they adjust the schedule because remember there are other people that go Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Right. So. Everybody's schedule has to be adjusted because they literally aren't open. Those are the only two days that they literally do not open. So no one gets dialysis that day. Gotcha. So they adjust for that day. So everybody has to change. Everybody has to go backwards a day. I didn't know they had to skip it or they just, you know, schedule a separate day. No, gotcha. no. Yeah. Yeah. One, thing they don't, one thing you don't do is skip dialysis. Yes. Like no. when I go to the hospital, I go to the VA. So when I go to the VA, if I'm there and I have dialysis while I'm there, and I have dialysis and I'm there, I go to do dialysis at the hospital. Okay. I may be the last patient there, but you never skip dialysis. Right. And then communication is another important thing with your dialysis center because if you're at the hospital, they got to let them know, so otherwise the cops will be knocking at your door. You call, you call them. Yeah. Gotcha. You, you, you call the dialysis center and let them know I'm in the hospital. Gotcha. Or the hospital calls, well, like yeah. in my case, the VA, they, they call the dialysis center themselves. Gotcha. Definitely, uh, I will be uh, changing my driver's license for you guys. Uh, definitely uh, learned a lot and learned a lot more. And, uh, you know, yeah, thank I'm you. I'm already an, over, an organ donor. Are you? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm an organ donor as well. Oh, and one last thing. I am looking for a kidney, you know, just putting that out there. And next week, I'm going to be presenting information on how you can contact someone if you would like to offer a kidney. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. Absolutely. I drink a lot, so I don't know if people um, want my kidneys. You're good. Yeah, okay. you're good. Do you drink Tito's? <laughs> I do, yeah. yeah so I might be a good match for you. You might be a match. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we had a very good show. I want to say Don- say thank you to Donald and Gabby. Donald, thank you for sharing your uh, personal uh, hearted story about your dialysis and uh, Gabby, the same thing with her. And, Absolutely. Uh, thank you, Gabby. Yeah, Thank you, Gabby. I do appreciate it. And I will be holding my word and I will be uh, changing my driver's license to a organ donor because you guys really inspired me and, you know, made me understand more what is, you know, what happens in, during the process. But uh, thanks again. I will be sharing that as well in the future show. All right, Elisa, do you have anything to close out the show? Not just thank you again to Gabby and to Donald. Everyone needs to know about this or organ donation and about what really goes on and dispelling the myths. So it was great that you guys shared your story and hopefully people are our are, are tea time squad are listening and they'll take action like AJ said he was going to do. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Laura, Bax, Donald, any final words? No, I just the same thing. Just I appreciate everyone sharing their story. I learned a lot. Still, you know, the the smart organs. I'm still stuck on that. So I'm going to be Googling that later on today. Right. Smartphones, smart, smart yeah. organs. <laughs> what do you say? Uh, back? Just lastly, uh, just for me, you know, remember, I'm still in the hunt for organs. So anybody out there that's listening, um, I will be presenting next week information that who you can get in touch with to give them your information and they can qualify you with a blood test. Um, I did pass all my cancer screening, so I'm active on the list. And uh, next week on the show, we'll be, um, I'll have that information out for you. Um, thanks to Gabby for coming out and giving us some great information. Um, and we're going to be trying to get in touch with her about the, um, the the network that she's involved in with going to Washington and, and working with kidney issues. And she's also still looking for a living donor. So anyone out there that wants to get tested, we have two that need your kidneys. We have Donald and Gabby. Right. And if you're an organ donor, it does not mean that do not resuscitate. It sure doesn't. I learned that. Yeah, it's no, def- organ donor does not mean does not resuscitate. Organ donor means that if you're, or if you're dying or you die, that your organs can be harvested for use for other people, not while you're alive. And maybe I'll share that uh, that link we got from the I think the CDC uh, about organ donation and those myths I'm going to share on our uh, Facebook page. 
All right. Well, good. Good. All right. So if uh, anybody out there, please follow us, our Facebook page at the Tea Time with the Blade Crew. Please like and subscribe our page. And we uh, certainly interact with our uh, our friends on that page. If you need to contact via email, bladecrew2020 gmail.com. And our platforms that we are on, we're on Podbean, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, and Stitcher, and YouTube. And we got more to come, and we'll make those announcements when those come out. So please like and subscribe our show. And please give us that thumbs up and a maybe five-star rating. That would certainly help us out. Because remember, our budget's $0 per month to advertise our show. So word of mouth is the best advertisement. So since we're growing our platforms, I'm going to call this our... uh, this is our uh, Tea Time with the Blade Crew Podcasting Network. That's what I'm going to call us towards the end of the show. That would be uh, cool because we're growing our networking and uh, word of mouth. So I do appreciate our fans and subscribers. So, all right, guys, we're ready to wrap it up. And uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>